Welcome to Have a Mice Life. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Do we ever say our names? No, I mean, we can start right now. Hi, guys, I'm Paige. We say DJ names. What the hell? I don't know. I forget what we do. DJ Flippy Flops. Oh, I've said that one. I felt it in my soul. As soon as I said it, I just really love... <laughs> intense D- feeling of deja vu. <laughs> intense feeling. I've been here before. I've been here. DJ Chunkless. Fair enough. I'm just Rick. <laughs> DJ Rick. So as... No, just Rick. Uh, as always, we start off every episode with a question, and I got a real doozy for you today. Ooh, how exciting. It's, be, it's a tough one. Okay, okay. Uh, I've been thinking about it on my own a little bit, and uh, I'm still not sure what I think. But So, based on a news article published a couple days ago on bloodydisgusting.com, oh, God. <laughs> there are strong rumors that hint at the fact that Disney may be pushing to... Do something, we're not sure yet, but do something with the Nightmare Before Christmas property. Ooh, the, uh, risky business. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the two you know main contenders for what this is going to be, uh, apparently based on some kind of evidence, is either a sequel or a live action reimagining. Don't, don't do it. Okay. So my, qu- <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, of course, I mean. Of course, don't do it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like, you know, they're going to do it. <laughs> so in the event that they do, <laughs> in the event that they do, what would you want to see done with a sequel? Not with a reimagining. Where do you think that world, those characters could even go next? Mm. 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 So I'm going to let you ponder on that. Well, we I, uh, yeah, okay, you answer. <laughs> you answer. <laughs> I have feelings. I think what with this world we live in with the Lego movies and all these different properties <laughs> coming together, people liking all these crossovers and uh, expanded universes, Kingdom Hearts 3 in stores now. Uh, I think in the five minutes I took to think about it, I think it would be interesting if we sort of go on this frenetic like exploration of a whole bunch of holidays even ones we're not entirely familiar with while jack skellington and co have like a uh, identity crisis about what their place in this holiday world and they kind of start diluting their world with other holidays and they gotta you know learn about the importance of their own in the great cog of enjoyment i don't know i don't know what you call this this holiday world that they lived in where there's that you know enchanted forest that has gateways to other because that captured my imagination when i first saw that okay i was like like, what's in those other doors that's what i'm saying that's the most logical route to go is like he gonna open up another door i'm saying immediately go for all of them (laughs) open all the doors just like a, a rick and morty teleporter gun just running through all of these i mean they could do that or they're gonna give them babies this is like prime opportunities for like a whole bunch of cameos and fun you know surprises Mm -hmm. from other disney properties perhaps Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> what if, because the classic thing to do is you give those characters some form of children or something, right? They got weird little doll skeleton babies somehow. Maybe they make them in the lab. I don't know. <laughs> and one of those motherfuckers goes running into one of those other doors. But they don't know which door. Oh, they got to find him? So they got to find him in all the doors. Well, that's a fine motivation. It's a great motivation. And then it's like a wacky do time. And meanwhile, Jack's getting like sidetracked because his his spawn, of course, is going to be super imaginative and like inspired and curious. What if the spawn... So like, this is your son, obviously. He's out here trying Wait, well, to steal remind me, again. Remind me of... of- how great is your recollection of Nightmare Before Christmas? Honey, I could quote that movie back and forth. Okay, at the end of it, yeah. how does Jack feel about Halloween? Oh, he's down. He's a Halloween king, once again. Okay. He's like, this is my fucking thing. This is what I do. So and what I do if, it well. what if we don't so much have a baby, but he has like a rebellious teenager who's not about Halloween, but about some other holiday? I mean, that could work. He's going and, that and he runs Easter away phase. from home. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it would be the same or other. Like you could have it. You can have it go. Like he's like seven or eight, and maybe he's like inventing things. Oh, I was thinking like thirteen or fourteen. Well, th- this is what I'm saying. It can. Go- However many years it's been, we it, can just do. <laughs> it can go a couple ways. So the kid could be like at that age where kids are a little more curious about things and they're tinkering, and he might be doing little inventions, something like that. I say it would be fun if we treat that kind of like. Like how parents would be afraid of a kid using drugs. He's like dabbling in other holidays. Yeah, and they're like, <gasps> Jack's like, put it out, put it out, put out. <laughs> I found some shamrocks under his pillow. <laughs> he's dying eggs again, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's worried or maybe he realizes I have to let my kid, you know, be inspired like I was once upon a I, dream. I tried to think of this but in the way that they would where there was some kind of moral at the end. I swear there's a bird. And he is chirping. He is chirping hard. Okay. I swear to freaking Jesus, if they put any form of like internet or anything <laughs> like that in this movie, I will lose my goddamn mind. Like he was like, uh, he has an MP3 player or something like that. I will lose it. I will lose it. And second well, of all, you better call Henry Selleck because Burton isn't going to sit there and build a set all over again and do stop motion. But now we have a lot more technology where you don't have to do that exactly. And Henry Selleck, I think, did a really good job with Coraline in that sense of making it flow, but giving it that look. So I feel like he'd be the person to call. Although, maybe maybe just don't call anybody. Maybe just don't do it. I still think it's a bad idea. That's not an option. Okay, well, then call him and work it out and get a really, really good writer that is not trying to be like, Kids won't relate to it if he's not using the Google machine. Like no, they just get Neil Gaiman. They good. Why not? Shit. Party. Party. Par- party. That's what I say. Can you even imagine how you would start to approach something live action? Vomit. Like I can't. <laughs> I can't. I cannot imagine you having the huevos to try and do something so fucking already bad. In, in thought and trying to make that good. Do we remember the Alice in Wonderland films? You don't. You never saw them. Mm. I saw the first one and I saw what they were going for, 
But at the same time, it was a hard no. It was all no. Thinking about these characters and how just like crazy imaginative and like wild their bodies look and their like like faces and their shapes to try to carve that out somehow live action style sounds like a fucking bad idea we're gonna need uh, a lot of cg we're gonna need to put bill skarsgård in a lot of makeup someone call doug jones immediately Mm. you better hope he's on the horn because that man is tall and skinny and could do the the jam. I feel like it would be a nightmare. Just a nightmare. So what do we talk about today, Corey Lee? Well, what we're about to talk about. Oh shit! <laughs> Every time. Put it put it in the bin. Put it in the what bin? Throw it in the bin. I'll give you one more chance. So what are we going to talk about today, Corey Lee? <laughs> okay. What did we watch? There you go. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um. So I, tr- I, I tried to surprise you with a, with something you wouldn't see coming at all. Absolutely did not. I just sat you in front of a TV and pressed play. And I prefer it, honestly. What? I said I preferred it, honestly. Why? So you don't have to... So I don't have to choose. Be burdened with... No, I do like choosing because sometimes you're like, how about this? And I'm like, I am not watching this old fucking movie about a cowboy and a dog. No, I'm... A... Did we do that? We didn't because I said no. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm positive <laughs> if I briefly explained this to you before we watched it, you probably wouldn't have wanted to watch it. What we did watch uh-huh, uh-huh. was the 1983 made-for-TV short film Hansel and Gretel, uh, directed by ya boy, Timothy Burton. First of all, it's a boy. A boiled. First of all, that's a bold statement saying that he is my boy. That boy been a mess. Oh, that was in in general. That was to the it's okay, it's to the y'all's public. boy. Look, he was my boy at one time, and then he went off the fucking rails. <laughs> he went on the rails. If you know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh god. Anyways, what a mess. Honestly, this was his. Was this like one of his first things he ever did? Not really. <laughs> really. This was like he was pre-seasoned? He he had uh, quite a few credits before this. Oh my. I mean, they were mostly probably shorts for like festivals and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I mean, this did air. The the first thing you asked, which I did not answer, Mm -hmm. which was, is this Disney? And it is because it aired on the Disney Channel once in 1983. So... I mean, obviously, he had enough of a pedigree for Ooh. Disney to be like, yeah, make something and then we'll put it on television. It was interesting, to say the very least. I heard a lot of uh, a lot of reactions, but a lot of like, you muttering to yourself. Over <laughs> a lot of deep, audible sighs. I couldn't quite make out what you were Here's saying. Here's what my problem was. How long was this short? Um... Well, the version we watched, which is the one that's like widely available, uh-huh. is 37 minutes. Let me tell you, we got to dice that baby down. That could have <laughs> been like, that could have been 25 easily. This thing dragged, like <laughs> dragged. He really wanted you to see everything he did. That's how I felt. It's because the only parts that felt like, all right, let's move on from here. It was always around something that you could tell he probably put a lot of work into composing, like the shot. 
but it's like all we get by focusing on it this long is bored. It dra- yeah, it dragged <laughs> from the very beginning. I don't know what you're talking about. In the very beginning, it starts showing all these toys that are very Burton-y. And if you don't know what that means, then just turn off the podcast now. But they, they <laughs> this one's just, not for you. They look like his little doodles and his little sketches and like a lot of like the little toys in Nightmare Before Christmas. It's like their it was like their fetus before they became a baby. Yeah, these are this is like the doodle in the margins version of them. Of them, yeah, definitely, definitely. And it's just showing all these toys, but it goes on for like five fucking minutes, and I'm like. Are we ever going to see anybody? Is this a real movie? I don't know. <laughs> I felt I felt that from your side that like when they actually when a person showed up, I was like, I bet she's relieved right now. <laughs> the, the deep sigh of relief. I'm like, is this some weird abstract thing he tried to do at some point where he's like, I'm going to tell a story with weird toys that shoot bubbles out its mouth. Like and have party blower tongues. Yeah, I was like, what? I don't understand what's happening. But then the children arrive. And they are super cute. I've, even though, like, right after probably that sigh of relief is, like, another wave of confusion. Um, yeah. The kids <laughs> show up and they're, like, evil stepmother. Because we all know the story of Hansel and Gretel. It's basically these two little kids and then they have this dad who's working really hard, but he's poor. And in this version, he's a toy maker. And he has this really awful, like, wife that is their stepmom or supposed to be their stepmom and she's just like a piece of shit and she's trying to get rid of the children so that they could eat better and not have to like feed these kids and be even more poor like she's straight up trying to like murder them but not murder them she really savored all that green goo they were eating though oh my god oh my god first of all the actor who played the stepmom was very intense like very (laughs) intense i don't know Everybody in this, at least at at the time, were completely amateur actors, like no credits at all. He must have gone on to do something, let me tell you. Oh, he did, yeah. He was he was living for that role. <laughs> but yeah, and there was a lot of goo. <laughs> I, I definitely wanted to bring up the abundance of goo. The abundance of goo. You, when it came to eating, it was like... The stepmom serving this green porridge and she, she's serving herself more. But like that was one of those moments that dragged because I'm watching this guy eat this really gross porridgey goo. I like, like that it sounded crunchy though. Oh, for like three <laughs> minutes. And I was just like, I am, I am literally getting ill. Like this is making me nauseous. I am getting nauseous. Is this what you're going for? It made me I don't very... know. Did you spend a lot of time on the goo? He did probably spend some time on the... I mean, he actually was eating that, so... That's called actor commitment. They had to concoct something that looked terrible, He but, probably but thought, this is my chance, agreeable. this is my moment, I'm gonna eat all this fucking goo. I don't care what it's made of. It made me really nostalgic for the one year that I took film classes, and... <laughs> and it just had to, like, mainline foreign films that, that all felt like just experiments in testing how much you're willing to put up with on screen. Well, let me tell you... They were tested me. You know, obviously, in a Hansel and Gretel story, you show up to a house that is edible. That's like a big plot yeah. point. So when you think of like, I, I'd imagine. I liked the way the house looked. I, I'd imagine the way that you think of that house in, in any kind of interpretation of the story is that it's more or less a normal house. 
It's just kind of like the a gingerbread ones, house. It's like the ones, yeah, that you assemble. It's like yeah. normal pieces of the house, but they're made up of maybe little candies or gingerbread or something. Oh no, no, not this house. The the. How would you describe this house? Because I <laughs> I have what I feel like I would describe this house. What would you describe this house as looking like? It's kind of like uh, one of those like inflatable Santas to me, that you put on a lawn. It is a soggy piece of cake <laughs> that has flipped on its backside. So it's like a point at the top, but it's like kind of limping and the frosting's dripping. Well, <laughs> I feel like rough. The, the entire idea of this house is like burdened by this short's limitation. By default, what they think to do with it is that it's like the whole thing is made out of like a thin marshmallow. And, you know, there's there's a whole montage of them eating it, but they can't really do a lot of things with it because that would probably be expensive. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what it mainly comes down to is them poking different things and different colored goo shooting out of it, which they like cup their hands in front of the and goo, drink the goo. the goo. There's so many different types of goo more than any other thing they consume. And I don't understand in what world is candy goo. And that's what I'm saying. I kind of liked the concept of it. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was like oh no, it's really it's, inventive, but it was sure. so gross and nonsensical. <laughs> like the goo was all these, it was all primary colors and then the random like green goo, but it was mostly like reds and yellows and blues. And then every once in a while, a little bit of a pink and a little bit of a green. And it's just shooting out of this house and they're eating it like little gluttonous piggies. And then the witch shows up, who is the same actor that plays the stepmom, by the way. They were not trying to pay two different people. They were like, you can be both. Ooh, he nailed that audition. He walked in and he just fucking slam dunked it. And they're like, give it to him both. Fuck it. He can do both. Well, I mean, they're kind of the same character. Yeah, basically. And the witches, what <laughs> the witches look? I can't even under like I can't even. It's like Ozzy Osbourne with a candy cane on his nose. The, like the logic of the witch, it, it's very strange how it feels like it. It should have been a cartoon, but isn't. It's super cartoony. There's like literally a candy cane poking out as the nose. But the rest of it is just like gothy witch dad. It's well, super Ozzy Osbourne. That's what I was getting with a hat on and like round sunglasses. She like pulls the like the decorations of her dress off and they become different weapons. Which and I feel like also that, fun. Yeah, I feel like that that like makes more sense in a cartoon. But like, how much do you think this cost? Oh, probably way too fucking much. Really? The, the they spent five hundred dollars on goo alone. What are you talking about? <laughs> they had a goo budget. Just estimate. All right, it cost. And scale this for made for TV in the eighties. Ten grand. Ten grand. Ten grand. Ten seconds. <laughs> 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 oh, I don't know why. I don't know why. That's the number. Go up. Up. <laughs> Up, go up, baby. Okay, how up? Because you're laughing at my ten grand as if it's like up. a milli. No, <laughs> no, just keep going. Okay, a hundred grand. I'm going full. Go up a little more. What? Two <laughs> hundred grand? <laughs> this is one sixteen. 
Holy fuck me. <laughs> 10 grand was a hard high for me. There was... I don't know what, what that did, was spent on. What did you spend it on? Unless they just goo. handsomely pl- paid those actors. Goo. I'm telling you. It was the you, goo budget. It was the goo budget. It was, it was the Tim Burton I want to make. I have all these sketches of these toys, and I want to make every single one of them. So I'm going to need $50,000 just for that. The thing is, it's like, I... I I see what he's going for with it. I'm, I'm familiar enough with his work to know that he got this down eventually. He became good at translating his vision for things into film. Uh-huh. But, like, it's so premature in this that it the only thing it comes across as is, like, a, you know, sixth grade recital. Like, it just looks like a bad stage play thing. It's bad. But, like, if that had... I don't know, more resources, not necessarily more money, but like Didn't better people to work with. That could have looked charming. I'm telling you, this thing was like a meal that tastes kind of decently, but it looks like shit. You know what I mean? It's like that stew that your mom cooks every Sunday and you're like, it kind of looks off, but I mean, it was all right. I'm <laughs> full. Are you? I don't think I'm full. I, with this, it was just like, it's so undercooked. I don't understand. Because there was some really fun, like you could tell it was like early, Burton-y, fun, oh, yeah. zany, like totally unique ideas in there. If you just think of like his films as a painting or something. This, this was this, like, this was like a, a childhood doodle. Yeah, this was a childhood doodle. Which is why I was like, this had to have been one of the first things he ever did, right? Like... And in a sense, it was, right? They were, the other credits were kind of short. Yeah, like he hadn't made a, a film yet. A full, oh, he obviously had made enough that he got a fucking $116,000 budget. Holy fuck. <laughs> I can see why this only aired once, too, because it was just kind of like boring the way it dragged mm-hmm. up until you got to the candy house. Right. It, it, it aired on Halloween, too. Yeah, so... As a kid, I wouldn't have been as drawn into this. Well, even for the 80s and even for TV, the f- I think a lot of it is like the fact that it's filmed on 16 millimeter. Like, mm-hmm. it looks very home movie. Very grainy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, because we watched like a bootleg ass transfer from a VHS. But you, I can tell even by looking at it that it still probably looked really cheap. Yeah. And some of the audio... Can I get some CCs? What do you mean? Can I get some closed captions? I couldn't understand the goddamn oh. thing they were saying. They were talking way too fast. or they were. Well, like, yeah, again, that's probably just a copy of they it. They were talking in a weird... Those children? No. The girl talked very well. The boy talked. The enunciation needed to be more pronounced. Like, he needed to do some vocal exercises before he got on set. <laughs> I thought it was really... I feel like the one note Disney gave him... Was that part where they're in the attic and she just name drops Cinderella? She's like, in Cinderella. Like, there's such... (laughs) She starts turning towards the window. I'm like, where are you going, girl? Mike's over here, honey. Boom. There's such little dialogue that the fact that she just explains, like, the point of Cinderella for no reason. Disney. 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 Just in case you forgot, you're watching Disney Channel. I was doing that. What happens to the stepmom? He kicks her out. He said she's gone forever. Because uh, he, in in other tellings of Hansel and Gretel, he's dealing with so much guilt from his children being lost that he tells her to get the fuck out, basically. 
Okay. He tells her, like, you're gone. I'm going to try to grieve over losing my children or try to find them. I don't know which one it's going to be. But get out of my fucking house. This was the final straw. I don't know why he dealt with this bitch in the first place, but that well, was yeah, if, the if, final straw. If this is, you got to treat every recreation like it's the first time somebody's seen this story. Yeah, well, and he says there it. There are missing, like, that's something you'd want to see. Like, it's just bad form to be like, I had this whole other story while you guys were off TB- that you can't see. TBH, I've rarely actually seen that. It's usually they get back and then he just says, I, I told her to get out. Like, she's gone. Well, then I put that squarely on the shoulders of the Brothers Grimm. Ooh! That's all right. <laughs> they were kind of dicks. <laughs> Fucking hack frauds. Fucking pieces. Someone call Matt Damon right now. Are you referencing the Terry Gilliam film, The Brothers Grimm? Yup! <laughs> Damn right I'm re- referencing it. Did I, you not love I mean, it? <laughs> that's not the ones I was referring to. I was referring to I, the real ones. I, I know who you were referring to, and I was talking about the real ones. I was just dropping in that Heath film Ledge. for gigs. I know, may he rest R.I.P., but also Matt Damon, terrible. I, I forgot you're not a Matt Damon knight. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. I'm not here for Matt Damon. I will not come for Matt Damon. I will not do anything for Matt Damon. But I like Damon in doses. It's got to be a real small dose of Damon. Like I like when he showed up in Interstellar. Got a micro dose of Damon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not here for him. So that's okay. That's okay though. He was pretty good in that movie though. I liked him in Dogma. Oh, Dogma. Dogma. Yeah. Well, that was when he was kind of in his. You know. I like fuckboy prime. I like him when he's not bean doing Damon. Man. I was about to say being Matt Damon. Yeah, when it's, <laughs> when it feels like he's being pushed to do something out of his wheelhouse, I like that. Yeah, exactly. Which is like like an in Interstellar, he's like an asshole. Totally. Um, and and like just like a weak, cowardly character. Usually, he's just a badass boy. Yeah, like right after that, they made him like a super lovable dude again. The Damon charm. Anyways, we're done. Benito on the Matt Damon. This. My favorite thing about Matt Damon. <laughs> what would you rate this? Oh, we're already done. Sure. I mean, is it done? Do we have to talk about anything else? I liked. Tell me something, liked, tell me something you liked. Oh, no. I was just going to be sarcastic and shitty. Okay. Tell well, me something I, you didn't like. Let me actually think about something I like. Um, there was a lot of fun, like, forced perspective shots that, like, I, I can tell were a, a herald to things to be done later like that part where they're climbing the ladder like it lingered on it you can tell he was proud of it he was like take a while to look at this <laughs> i liked the way they did the edible table that they were eating yeah that looked it looked cool it was like it was i mean a you could tell sandwich you could tell a lot of like some of them was like okay they're not actually eating that so that's like that's probably not food <laughs> what was with the terrifying talking gingerbread man. Oh, are we yeah, like gonna that was just, awesome. We can't skip over. Okay, that. that was a thing I liked. That was insane. <laughs> that was insane. She basically the witch is trying to fatten up the she little. She gives him a sentient gingerbread. So man. she gives him a sentient gingerbread man that is basically saying to him, "Eat me." He's just like, "Please eat me, just a little." Taste. Getting I'm off so on manipulating good. him to eat him. Yeah, which is kind of fucked up and then he's getting this crazy face yeah, he gets angry when he stops eating him me, finish me <laughs> at the end that was the that was the most intense part he's like finish me finish, finish the job me. 
it's just my head. And the little boy freaks out and chucks him against a wall. I would have done the same. I would have done that way before that, Jimmy. Like, what the hell? (laughs) I would have thrown that thing. I would have stepped uh, on its face. A couple steps behind Michelle Gondry approach to, like, you know, quirky steps around doing something really complicated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, instead of having him interact because the cookie's not really the sentient cookie is like a rubber doll it looks like a puppet yeah so like to actually have him pick it up and take a bite out of it and they it... just use like a black silhouette cutout. Mm-hmm. so i mean like it, it technically makes sense because that would be it looks so flat though yeah on camera it looks it's really like bad. i get the inventiveness behind it but nothing here is going to look good because the entire production is really cheap so when you try to do like a shortcut, it looks extra cheap. It looks super cheap. But yeah, that was my problem. For having the huge budget that I now know they had, it looked bad. Didn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can't imagine a lot of that money went towards like sets. Yeah. Because and, which is insane. How did it not go towards sets at all? I mean, so many of these environments are like just stark white. Like it's the whole thing is a, is a soundstage. I just don't. I don't know what of that is like couldn't be cobbled together. Well, every once in a while you'd get a shot where you're like, oh, that costs money. Like what? Like the we... house falling apart looks like complicated, but that was probably like a miniature that they melted or something. Yeah, the whole candy house and everything like that, and then the way they did him doing the little lift thing in the attic. Yeah. That. That's not just a, a stereotypical set. You had yeah. to have like a built construct for that. The like hands coming out of the bed that like exploded out. Like there was like a little like. Yeah, that caused money. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, like at the very least, they probably didn't get that in one take. Like that took experimentation. But like I feel like towards the end, they they were really just trying to make the idea of this house being destroyed more of like. A, a surreal metaphorical thing so they were just like throwing paint at the wall like that was an explosion yeah it was cool though it looked kind of cool yeah it was just like it was it was like a hard cut to okay now we're being really artsy about it yeah which commit to the aesthetic burton commit <laughs> commit with your huge amount of money that is the cost of some homes crazy uh, crazy I, man <laughs> I mean, I don't know enough about it to know what that money went to because so much of the set was like, it was just a, a painted backdrop or something. They had like one sort of cutout of a, of the front of a house. When they cut in, they could just reuse something else. Let me tell you. And then none of the cameras, I'd imagine, would be all that expensive. Let me tell you. As someone who did set construction in the theater, I built platforms. I built, I painted, did art design. And all that bullshit. Those little toy things he had invented shouldn't have cost jack shit. Because they all look like they were made out of like wood and basic paints. Right. And like with a bubble blower behind it or something. <laughs> so you cannot tell me that he used that budget in the most wise way. You just can't. When she like at the end they leave on like a giant wooden boat. But it's you know, it's obviously just a cutout of a of a duck. With like and- a dolly on it. Yeah. A motorized dolly. I don't even think it was motorized. I think it was pulled because of the way it was like so jerky. Rickety. And like she had to hold on to it. Like you can see her. She's a Roomba. 
she like steps next to it at first and looks down and realizes she's gonna have to hold on to it and then holds on to it yeah i love how she pantomimed a door though respect little girl i hope she went on to do something <laughs> she yeah. straight pantomimed like she was opening a door and getting into the boat and yeah. i'm over here like girl we both know there's not a door <laughs> they probably told you you know you're getting into the boat and she's she's over there this is my moment to shine I'm this door. We haven't even mentioned the fact that the entire cast is Asian. Oh, yeah. The, it was super cool in the sense of it was kind of like a old Japanese theater. Uh-huh. That's what the actor reminded me of, the main actor who played the stepmom and the witch. Very over-dramatized like, makeup and performance. And even the big black flowy robe thing he was wearing was very traditional like japanese theater i thought it was very cool i i don't know how much credence there is to this but in like a wikipedia article or whatever his essentially his reasoning for that was that he was way into japanese movies at the time and there was like no real subtext or anything to that it was just like i'm way about asians right now well, I ain't mad at it. Representation. Get him out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. It those, That girl, I thought she was a great actress. And the guy, too. The little boy needs some help. But the rest, yeah. I, the rest, I thought were pretty good. The, the little boy and the dad were definitely on the lower end of the acting scale for me, personally. But I was really impressed by the stepmom and the little girl. She seemed like she had some really good, like, uh, training. Do you want a rating for this? Are you going to give me one? I want your rating. I don't ever give ratings. That's a hard one, guys. Uh, four. Out of? 116,000. Dollars <laughs> $116, not well spent. No, I'll give it, yeah, four out of ten. I give it a four out of ten. It just wasn't impressive enough, especially now that I unfortunately know the budge and the resources he had. Just... A little extra disappointing for me. I thought it. There were things I really thought were very creative and fun, but it didn't pan out for me. It wasn't as successful as I would like it to have been, and it dragged insanely well, too long. The real version that they aired was forty-five minutes. Holy f- fuck! <laughs> I couldn't have done another seven minutes of that, guys. Absolutely not. Can I read you a please do a review for? This is a one-star review, one out of ten, but it sounds very positive. <laughs> it says, because <laughs> it's all spelled. Okay, this is probably not somebody who speaks English. Well, let's not be rude. <laughs> it says, Hans and Gretel are kung fu boys, and the witch is a man with a black suit. Very nice and very funny. <laughs> kung fu boys? That seems racist. <laughs> That's hella. That's a great term. That's fucking rude. If that is, it was that. If that was meant as a slur, that's fucking rude. <laughs> that is so rude. Oh my god, oh. I don't, I don't, I, I have a, I have a bad a feeling about that boys. review. Whoever that was. Um, four out of thirty-four found this a helpful review. Well, that's the four that I gave the score to. The film's design style and color schemes paid homage to the Godzilla movies. I mean, I guess. Uh. I don't know about that. I think he's given a short too much credit. On on um on the Wikipedia article, it says that Vincent Price was the host, but I didn't see a host, so maybe there was like an intro and outro with him. Maybe that was the seven minutes. Maybe that's why I hated it so much more. Oh yeah, I think that would have any added... opportunity gets me some Vincent Price. I'm down for. That ought to bump up some points. Totally, 
would have taken it to a five if they had gotten the price. All right. I mean, see it, don't see it. I don't feel like you'll be improving your life in any way by seeing it. It's free. It's on YouTube. Just Google Hansel and Gretel Tim Burton. Yeah, it's there if you want to see it. It's got a great VHS hiss running the whole time. That nice... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Music. Like the singing of the angels. (laughs) That high-pitched ambient tone. (laughs) I bet you somewhere there's like a 10 hours of VHS static for sleep. And someone lives for it. Right. Just, I can't go to bed without my static, honestly. Uh, this that was a child. You got any Disney news? I have Disney news, guys. Hold on. Let me pull it up. By the way, I'm sorry if this sounds weird. It's a, a different location and a different setup I've never done before. It's none of your fucking business where we're at and why we're doing it this way. <laughs> <laughs> You know us, guys. We're just busy bees. Um. Okay, do you want the fun thing or do you want the sad thing first? Let's do sad thing first. All right. Dave Smith, Walt Disney's first archiver and founder of the Disney archives, has passed away at 78. What do you mean founder of Disney archives? He was the one that first started archiving the Disney franchise. He, all of Disney stuff. He was he was oh. put in the head of the department, and he was in charge of creating it. He's the one that archived everything. Wow, how long has he been doing that? A long fucking time. He was seventy eight. How did he die? I think just old. Being old. old. Being old. May he rest. I think it was very peacefully in Burbank, living his life, and now not. He had a good run. He had that Disney money. Yeah, that Disney money. I'm sure he was very well taken care of, very cush, which he should have been. That's a big job. That's a huge job for a company. Is it? Is he to blame for uh, those DVD box sets being impossible to find or afford now? I don't think he was in charge of the vaults. That was <laughs> that's marketing. <laughs> that's not the archive. The archiver basically just logs everything, so nothing I'm is ever lost. I'm pretty sure he designed those fucking steel books of rare How Disney cartoons. How dare you say that about Dave Smith? May he rest. Even when I find him in How a goddamn thrift store, they're eighty dollars. And it's all Dave's fault. Say that about Dave. That's my boy. Burn in hell. (laughs) What's wrong with you? (laughs) No, Dave, you did good work. Thank you for everything you contributed and everything you did. But he's going to be Satan's archivist now. Yeah, he's going to archive you, baby. Because you are a straight up demon. He's going to put me in a tin box for $800. Do you think you're that worth the tin box? going in brass <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's more expensive okay you're going in aluminum <laughs> you put me in a tin can you're not going in the fancy tin case you're going in like a tuna can or some foil they have put me delicately in, folded they could put a, me in one of those square. you remember like when dvd first came out and there was essentially those like folded cardboard things with the plastic clip oh you're going in a sleeve <laughs> I'm going to one of those bootleg sleeves with a printed label. He's putting you in the bin. He's putting me in the bin. You go, you, you're you going to go to hell. He's going to put him in the bin. Yeah, pedal me on the streets. <laughs> Push you as free, free rap CDs at the local mall. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Look out for Hot me once. Tape. Once somebody comes up to you in the parking lot, think of me. <laughs> Gently sticks it on your windshield and just <laughs> fling it up for just frisbee throws them at everybody. What's the good news? The good news. 
The good news is there is some new home goods they just released that are all Disney treat themed. True. I got picks. Don't you worry. So I like treats. I like goods. We've got the food icons serving bowl. Okay, that's kind of cute. We've got the food icon plates. One of them's a little piece of pizza with some Mickey pepperonis. Okay, I'm all right cute. with these. There's a Mickey Mouse donut. There's the the classic candy apples and a pretzel. Not much going on from a design standpoint, but I'm all right with that. Coasters. I got a Mickey waffle coaster, a Mickey Mouse ice cream sandwich coaster, the whip float string lights. Okay. Which I thought you might enjoy. They're kind of well, cute. Well, it's $30 for five of them. I don't know. But there's just five of them. I feel like that's what it's going to Oh, no. Don't say <laughs> that. like a short ass little string. In we got some ice cream cups. Okay. Which I think are kind of basic, but they're cute. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot of these are kind of basic, but I, I like that one. The apron's super cute, guys. Black strings with very fun print and a little, a little bitten into uh, ice cream popsicle sandwich. Sandwich. You know the things we talk about. The ones that dipped <laughs> in the chocolate. Ice cream sandwich popsicle. <laughs> ice cream dipped ice cream popsicle thing. Um, so yeah, that's on there. That it's works. Cute. I like the apron a lot. It's cute. And then the Dole Whip Float Food Novelty Tumbler with straw. Not cute. I have issues with that one. Yeah, I have issues too. The palette, it looks like weird melty popcorn or that's something. That's not what, I know me what a Dole Whip looks like and that ain't it. Tell him, baby. You don't get, you don't get a Dole Whip in a tumbler with a straw. Well, that looks like this. It just looks very underwhelming. They could have done something really cool with this cup, and I'm not, I'm not buying it. I don't like the idea of making my drinks look like other drinks. Oh, that's not it. Why do you have a picture <laughs> of Mark Duplass? <laughs> yes. Why do I have a? Oh, he wants to know why I have a picture of Mark Duplass and why it says, "Oh, hey, girl, happy birthday." <laughs> Let me tell you a tale. All right. My friend M Tux, okay, Morgan. She told me one day, because we worked together for years at um, <clears throat> None of Your Business. We worked together for years, and she really loves Mark Duplass. And I thought that was great. And so that year on her birthday, because we had just recently talked about it, I sent her a picture of Mark Duplass, and I said, happy birthday from Mark Duplass, you know what I'm saying? Like he's just dropping by on your feed, saying what's up. Mm-hmm. Well, I kept doing that for the last four years. <laughs> And you remember every time. And she lives. And I remember every time. Yeah, her birthday is the day after Valentine's Day. Oh, of course that's I remember. An easy one. Yeah. And so this year she turned 38, and I sent her an, another Mark Duplass to ring it in. <laughs> and they're always different. So I love that too. It's, it's great that Mark has been photographed this many times. She's got such range of looks. I know. Creepy. Cute, but creepy. Sexy, creepy. Oh, it sounds like you got a little Duplass thing. Going. I love me Duplass, but he always looks creepy. The main thing is creepy. Okay. But I love Duplass. So yeah, that is why I have a picture of Mark Duplass in my phone. Sent it to her yesterday. I'll fucking kill him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anything else we have to say here? Oh, is that it? I think that's it. That's all the news I had. That was all the goods? That was all the goods. Frozen 2 trailer just dropped. If y'all are excited about it. Did you I like it? I haven't seen it. Did you watch it? I watched it. What? It looked fine. Yeah, I gotta watch it. Right, watch it and then 
and then tell her everything. Okay, I just watched it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it looks really interesting. It looks like a completely different tone from the last one. It's, it looks a little dark, right? It looked, I mean, even in how they advertised the last one, like they kind of knew what it was. And this one, it, it looks like a real kind of like an adventure. It's like a fantasy Lord of the Rings looking thing. Because like nothing about the trailer. Not that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does look really Nothing about that trailer. Nothing about it seems like a comedy romance thing. Everything there, it looks like they're doing some, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's it's very vague notes of it, but all of them seem to be sort of grave and serious. Yeah, it, uh, it looks like it has a very um, stoic tone to it, but there's no, there's no reveal of any plot. They're just kind of doing But I think that's how you should things. do a trailer. Well, yeah, because then you're not giving away much, but it'd be cool to know a little bit about what the tea what what what's the basic thing what what is what is she upset about what's she going what's she trying for right there in that trailer like i is she like trying to traverse the ocean on foot maybe but why she trying to is she trying to find the boat that their parents died in see if you just drop that i don't need to know anything else you know what i mean that's it well before she's like if she just turned it was like i'm gonna i'm gonna find them i'm gonna find the boat that's it (laughs) trailer frozen 2 if that's, well, <laughs> I don't need to know anything else. I don't think that's it because I don't know how that would resolve anything. But like, well, I'm just saying they they needed to give me a little little nosh, a little more nosh. Uh, I'm sure by the time this movie comes out, you'll know half of the plot. Okay, I don't need to know half the plot. I just need to know the basic concept. Just a little, a well, little nibble at it. That's I mean, the point of a trailer. I want a little nibble. I just need a little more nibble. They they don't actually need to show anything. Like everybody who wants to see Frozen two, they know. If they're going to see Frozen 2 or not before they watch a trailer. It looked very well animated. Flappy. And on that note, we're about to wrap this up because I want to watch Incredibles 2, y'all. It's on Netflix. Beep! <laughs> Have, Have a, a nice life! life.